If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast on Believe. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am so excited to be joined today by my friend and reporter for NFL Network, Sherry Burris. Sherry takes us through her career journey while talking about asking for feedback, taking initiative, her favorite sports moment, and so much more. This is a fantastic episode, so let's get to it. Sherry, thank you so much for joining me today for Get My Job. Since we met and got to hang out so much at the Combine this last February, I've been wanting to have you on. So I'm so excited. And you are our first guest to kick off the 2023 NFL season. So that's fun. Hey, yo. Yes, <laughs> what an honor. It's so good to talk to you, girl. It's good to talk to you, too. This is going to be so fun. So actually, this is airing. We're recording a little bit early, but it airs the Thursday of the first game of the season. So that's super exciting. So both of us jumping into very, very busy times in our lives, but want to talk about you and how you got there. So if you could start by taking us through your professional journey and how you got to the NFL Network. Well, yeah. So I um, grew up in Chicago suburbs and in eighth grade, we did a field trip to the broadcast museum. And I vividly remember they had this like little fake anchor desk and they're like, okay, who wants to try it? And I was like, sure, I'll give it a whirl. Um, and afterwards, our tour guide comes up to me and he's like, hey, have you ever thought about this as a job? And I was like, huh, no, but this makes a lot of sense. Um, so ever since eighth grade, I knew I wanted to work in TV. I thought I wanted to do morning news, but then I found out you had to be at work at like 4 a.m. Um, and that was a hard pass. Yeah, that um, would be I always, that's a non-starter. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I love sports. I did competitive cheerleading and gymnastics. Uh, my family is really big in sports. Um, we're huge fans. So it just kind of evolved into, I want to be a sports reporter. Um, went to the University of Wisconsin in Madison. Loved it. Would still be in college if I could. Uh, my mom <laughs> said she wouldn't pay for my tuition after four years. So I got out, uh, graduated, and had my first TV job in Columbia, Missouri. But before that, I actually took a sales job in Columbia because I could not find a reporter job for the life of me. Like I applied, I think, to probably like 100 jobs. I thought I would never get a journalism career because I couldn't get a job in like Franklin, Tennessee. I was absolutely devastated. Um, So I took a sales job. And then that I was able to still reach out to the local stations and one news director emailed me back and he's like, 
I literally just posted a reporter job the day you cold emailed me. Don't go anywhere. Don't send your stuff anywhere else. I will follow back with you. And then that is ending up being my first TV job. I worked in news. um, And then I moved to sports. Um, From there, I went to Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, was there for about a year and a half. Then moved to Washington, D.C., where I was for three years. And then um, was lucky enough to be able to move to network with CBS Sports and Sideline College Football, College Basketball, do their studio stuff um, in the city, but also their digital side, CBS Sports HQ. And most recently, um, starting, I think it was January, February of this year, I got the call from NFL Network and just moved back to the D.C. area. And here we are about to start the 2023 season. Fantastic. And I remember when we met at Combine, you had just started. So yeah, that was my first assignment. Yeah, that is so cool. I love it. That's such a great, that's such a great journey. I also love DC. I think as you and I discussed, I lived there for four and a half years and it's just such a great city. And I always, in your Instagram stories, all the places you're going, I'm like, oh, I miss DC. (laughs) (laughs) Come back and visit me. (laughs) Uh, I will. I'll definitely be there New Year's because the Niners play the commanders. So I will be, be there that weekend. Bet online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Uh, so kind of going back a little bit, and you talked about getting the sales job, which I think was was so smart because I always feel like to work begets work. And so if you're mm-hmm. like doing and moving, I think things kind of just tend to move in a positive direction. But when you talked about cold calling and cold emailing, and then that's how you got that job, kind of what can you say to our listeners who are doing that and they're getting a lot of no's and rejections and how you just keep pushing on, like you keep on keeping on. Keep it on that. That's, I think really the name of the game is, you know, you'll hear so many more no's in this business than you'll hear yeses. Um, So you really do have to have that persistence and something, I forget who gave me this advice, but ask for feedback and help instead of a job. And that always is really helpful because people are always more willing to help, but they don't always have a job. So, you know, if there's like, when I was in Columbia, hey, I'm already here. You know, I want to be able to intern on the weekends. Can I work for free? I think I even said in, a, in an email, like, I just knew I had to put myself out there mm-hmm. um, to even get a look. And so even if someone, you know, is listening and they're cold emailing someone, I would suggest saying like, hey, like, I've always wanted to work in the DC market. If you're emailing someone, I would love for you to look at my reel. And if you had any feedback for me to help get there, I would really appreciate it. Someone's much more easy to respond and say, hey, you know, nice to meet you. I'd love to, you know, be able to chat and talk about your stuff that could get you here someday as opposed to, hey, sorry, I don't have a job for you. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think if you can, and then that also shows you take initiative that you're willing to work and to grow at your craft. Um, and this business is like, you know, this Tracy, it's like three degrees of separation. You never know who might know someone who's hiring or have an opportunity um, so like I've, I've reached out to people myself, like Maria Taylor, uh, Laura Rutledge, Justina Anderson, like I've 
you can cold message people on Instagram and I still kind of fangirl uh, when they get back to me. So <laughs> there's no shame. You like that. It's and, you know, as a sisterhood, <laughs> you know, we have to help each other out. So the more emails, the better that you can send or messages, however you can connect with others to try to put yourself out there. I think it only can really help. A hundred percent. And I would say, at least I have found, it sounds like you have found something similar in our industry with women in the industry. I have found when I do reach out to people, they're pretty receptive. I mean, even for this podcast, a lot of it, a lot of people come on the podcast that I do know and that I've met in person. And I'll say, you know, I might mention them. I'd love to have you on my podcast, like, oh, here's my number, here's my email. But a lot of them are people I see on social media that are doing cool things. And I reach out and ask them to come on. And most people are willing to do it and want to do it, which is great. Yeah, it's a little, we're all a little afraid of rejection, right? But I mean, you got to put yourself out there. And again, I feel like there is such a, I don't want to say sorority because I don't want it to sound cheesy. But I mean, there are so many incredible, spectacular women that I've met just in my TV journey. Um, and they've all been so helpful and like willing to help others. And if, you know, obviously you and I would help anyone if they ever asked. So I think there is there's a little bit of fear, but um, yeah, I mean, we're all here just to help each other and raise each other up. And I think when talking about rejection, whether it be with asking someone, hey, could you want to come on my podcast, whatever it may be, or just the rejection of, you know, applying for a job, the thing to remember through all of it is it's not personal. So if someone, let's uh-huh. pretend someone does, I I try to be really good about at least getting on a call with someone and, and all of that. But let's pretend someone messages me in the middle of a 49ers playoff run and says to me, I would really love to talk to you for X, Y, and Z. You know, I get like some, like a, maybe a young reporter, I'd love to talk to you. And if I can't do it that week, it's not personal. I just really can't do it that week. I just, <laughs> like it's just like I can't just that week can't do it. But so sometimes I'll say like, you know, this week is going to be really hard for me. But can can we please connect? You know, this week after the season or after training camp, there's I get a few days off where I can do stuff and that type of thing. But it's not personal, and that's true of jobs too. It's just it's a tough market, and I know it can be really uh, demoralizing and upsetting when you're hearing no so much, but kind of something to always keep in mind is that it's not personal. Yeah. It's a people business. Well, it's, it's a people business, but it's like business of people, if that makes sense. Yes. Like we work so close with that. others, but <laughs> it is still a business, which can kind of get garbled up sometimes. Yeah, no, I think that that's absolutely true. But that being said, as you said, you and I would of course help anybody and do any, any thing to help people when we can. So what kind of what tips have you ha- found by not being very eloquent at all. What tips have you found to be very helpful in building relationships in the industry? There we go. I got it out. Yes. There it is. You know, you know, English is hard sometimes. Sometimes. Um, <laughs> I would say, and this is sound so silly and so basic, but I think sometimes it gets so lost um, that, you know, people are in front of the camera or, you know, you're a star on social media, whatever, but just be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you know, I was told advice by someone that, you know, if you're nice and people want to work with you, you'll, they'll help you. Like they, you sure. want to be around people that you want to work with. No one likes a negative Nancy. No one likes someone with a big head. Like if someone's a real poo poo, they're <laughs> not, I'm not saying they're not going to go far because that's not fair. And we know poo poo people that are very successful in this world. Um, but if you have like your director, your audio person, your anchor, your co-host, 
liking being around you and being a pleasant person, that just makes the job better for everybody. Um, and even like coming up when I worked in local TV, I would, I mean, I guess even still now, I try to, you know, say hi to the staff in stadiums. If I'm getting, you know, food for my meal, saying, hi, how are you? Like addressing people. Mm-hmm. The, the folks in these stadiums and arenas are around more than we are. They see things that we don't. So I've even had people, staff come to me like, oh, did you see so-and-so did this? Or I saw someone in a boot. I mean, you never know who might see something that might help you, mm-hmm. whether that's, you know, the GM of a team or it's the security staff at the bot, you know, in the tunnels of Capital One Arena, um, you know, so you just never really know. So I think being nice and being pleasant, as simple as that sounds, really can take you very, very far. Well, and it it sounds simple, but it is surprising how often it's not simple and (laughs) it it really is so important because also that's your reputation and that's Uh what you want people to think of you as and think of you as is nice. And so it's good to be nice anyway, but like, even I find sometimes a stadium, if I'm just like walking by the tunnel and I can't decide, am I going to go straight up to the press box? I'm going to stay here a minute. You know, okay. Is have the guys arrived yet? Like, you know, and oh well, so and so and so and ho, so and so hasn't yet. Like, like, okay, maybe I should wait. Then I'd like to get them. You know, coming in, it's a big day for them. It's a big game, and it's helpful if you're not nice to people. No one wants mm-hmm. to tell you anything and be like, well, you should I guess you should just wait here and see. Uh, but yeah. that, <laughs> and even you know, there was even a stadium I was at where we didn't have pregame field access, and that's like was the stadium rules, and that's totally fine. There's some stadiums that have it, but a couple of the security guards were like, let me see what I can do because yep. you're, you seem very professional. Everyone seems to know you. And that's always the funniest thing is when we don't have it. And so I do what I call the tunnel content. And like everyone walks by and they're like, Hey Tracy, Hey Tracy. And the security yeah. like, <laughs> like, Oh, who's Tracy? <laughs> they're like, Dude, why don't you freaking feel that? But, but you know, people are just nice. They want to help you. Or even there was one uh, for the NFC championship game, we didn't have it, which is totally fine. But someone was really nice and said, Hey, I know you'd love to get a photo on the field. Why don't you come out here and get your photo and I'll make sure that's fine. And like, I don't just things that are a little bit nice and helpful. And we have to be nice. And generally it's just good advice, but it is in general. Yes. But also when it comes to work, you know, being nice and being authentically nice makes a really big difference to people and people want to be appreciated. And no matter what the job is, we should appreciate the job they're doing. So yeah. And I also like to remind people that athletes are people too. Like I know I yell at the TV when I'm watching, you know, my sports and I usually use their first name because I believe they can hear me better. Of course. Um, This is hundred percent true. Yeah. Uh But you know, like I try to, you know, for waiting in like a scrum or even just walking down the hall, like just talking to these athletes, like they're humans and like they're normal. Like, Hey, how's your family? Like, what did you have for breakfast today? Like not make it just business. Like I wouldn't go to Chipotle and like yell at the person making my burrito. So, you know, I wouldn't necessarily just start yelling at an athlete if they made a mistake or obviously, you know, you got to catch the ball. I, I need six points here, but you know, like at the end of the day, athletes are people too. Absolutely. There was, um, a player last year. He has a son who's about one years old and he posted from his birthday party. And so we were in the locker room the next day. And I just was like, Hey, how was the birthday? And he was like, Oh, it was really cool. We had such a good time. And I was like, Oh, glad, glad to hear it. And he was like, is that it? And I was like, yeah, I just wanted to. Just, yeah. <laughs> and that was it. It wasn't like, I was like trying to butter him up for later. It just, they're people. Yeah, you got to build up that relationship. They're people and they're people we see every day and talk to. And mm-hmm. 
if everybody feels like everyone's people, it's very helpful. So yeah, it seem really simple, but I think are really important. And I would even say for our colleagues who, as we're doing these jobs, and of course it's hard in a press conference, it's hard in a scrum, everybody has their questions and trying to get them out, but showing a level of respect that we're all there to do the job and not talking over people and let it, you know, understanding that we're all trying to get a job done and being respectful of that as well. Absolutely. Because that one is is a biggie. So (laughs) going back to when you asked for feedback, since you were asking people for it, uh, what is a criticism you received that was actually constructive criticism that you found helpful as you moved forward in your career? So I most recently worked with a talent coach um, when I was with CBS and he he really did a lot of vocal stuff. Okay. And that I really found to be um, helpful. I guess that's maybe not exactly maybe the feedback, I guess. I think maybe you might've been asking for, but um, oh, I mean, it's your, it's your feedback. So absolutely. It's, yeah, whatever. that's, you know, going back and like watching my early clips, I talked way too fast. Like my voice was, you know, the pitch was a little high just because, you know, we're riding such adrenaline. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you're, it's like a roller coaster every time we do our job. And I think that's what I love most about sports is it's not just the same old, same old, and, you know, chasing a story or like coming right out after a game or being on the sideline, like, it's, it's such an adrenaline rush that my voice would get so high. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've just really tried to be myself on air. And that's a quote he said to me once is that it takes a lot of work to be ourselves in front of others. And I was like, holy oh, that's crap. That that's like so a good much life sense. advice. Like, sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that's a good life advice. No, right? Continue on. Sorry. Yeah. No, you're good. So that really, you know, resonated with me. So now I, you know, do my whole vocal awareness is what he calls it. And, you know, my, my stuff to make sure I sound myself in deep breaths, but it, that's, I think something I'm still working on. And I think it, it's kind of just been a work in progress to get me a to this point. But as you kind of mentioned, being like authentically nice and like being the same person, like, that's what I want. If I ever run into someone at a game at a grocery store, I want them to be like, oh, wow, Sherry is the same person on TV as when I like randomly saw her just out and about. And like, that's really what I strive to do. So I think that's kind of been a progress of getting to being like my authentic, true self. And in the beginning, I I thought I had to be perfect. To be honest, I still do. I'm such a perfectionist. Um, but, you know, I had to make sure I said this right. And I had to get this stat right. And I wanted to, you know, feel like I was at a network level before I was even there. And I didn't appreciate where I was at and like the process to get there. Um, so I think that was just also maybe some like personal feedback that I've subconsciously was working on. Um, but yeah, I guess that would kind of be, I guess my biggest, biggest feedback takeaway of criticism or just personal growth. Well, the being yourself, I mean, I'll go back to combine and I, I actually, I do think this story is really worth sharing kind of when we talk about like if we do support each other and all of that, like we have a mutual friend in Bridget Condon, who I know well, and I think you had recently met around the combine. And that was the first time I met her in person. Oh, but that, okay. So that was the first time you yeah. met her in person. That's so funny. So that was the first time I met her in person. Her flight was delayed. And she said, I'm going to connect you with Sherry Burris. And, you know, I'll meet you guys later because we were going to all do dinner. And you yeah. never met me. I'd never met you. And we chatted for a second on the phone, texted, we made a dinner plan. We talked about like, what, what are our outfits? We sent options. I mean, it was really <laughs> the immediate <laughs> immediacy of being friends, but there was, I think that shows though with you, like if you, you're saying you want to be that same person, that's who you are. 
And it was great. And and it worked out well. We had a great week. But that, I think, just shows when you're nice and when you're yourself and when you're helpful, you know, it just kind of works out. There was no like, who is this? Who is this new? Yeah. I was so nervous for my our blind dinner date. Yes, yeah. it, was. it was a blind, it was a blind friend dinner date, but it was really fun. And then we had such a fun it, was. it worked out really well, but there was no like attitude about it. It was for all yeah. the other side. It was just fun. And yeah, for sure. Let's get dinner. Let's do it. Yeah. So that was that was good stuff. I is kind of the opposite of that. Is there a misstep that you see women making when trying to break into the sports industry? Yeah. So this one I really kind of pondered on because I didn't want to obviously just go down the route of of like, oh, she got this job because she looks cute, fall into that kind of hole. Um, Obviously, I would advise, you know, make sure if you're going somewhere to keep it professional. Um, Mm -hmm. I know there's a lot of folks that have, you know, ended up marrying, dating athletes, whatever it may be. And that is wonderful and fabulous. Um, but just, you know, when you're working, I'd say, you know, keep, keep it between the lines, (laughs) you know, don't dabble. Um, but I also think, and I say this, I guess, with the most respect, and this is, I mean, maybe for me, uh, an experience that I have learned is I don't try to go out of my lane. Like I know my role and I know my job and I don't try to do like the analyst's job. I think, you know, we don't, as women, like we don't need to have to know it all. You know, like I, I personally have never played football. So unless I've really like studied the X's and O's, I'm not going to pretend to know. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes I see some folks, some ladies, even just, we obviously we want to find our niche and find our home and a place that we can fit and really contribute to a broadcast, a game, a show, whatever it may be. But we don't have to overdo it to overcompensate. Like I know my job, I know my role, and I want to be able to be a part of the team and help lift everyone up in the team by not messing up and not trying to overdo it. Like I'm not about to sit here and talk about coverage and like 11 personnel on a broadcast because I know that's not my job. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know I can contribute to make it the best broadcast that I can by, you know, giving you what I'm seeing on the sideline and tying that into whatever my analyst or play-by-play is saying or what they're talking about in studio and keeping it seamless. I am no means saying that we should pigeonhole ourselves to like one position on a broadcast. If you want to be that analyst, dedicate yourself to that. Learn, you know, the coverages, like cover three, you know, whatever the personnel is. I just think we need to, if you're going to dedicate yourself to something, be all in. Does that make sense? Again, I'm not trying to say we shouldn't do certain jobs, um, but really committing yourself, I think, and not taking on too much. So you really can be the master of what you're doing. Well, and I think, I think another kind of part of that is also, if, like you said, if you're going to commit to it, commit to it. Like if that's what you're going to do, just make sure you know it. Don't yeah. know it. So you think you sound better on a broadcast because, and that's yeah. true of everything, you know, and that is, I think I used to work, speaking of DC, I worked for the mayor of DC and I worked in his press office for a little while. It was my first job with him. And I remember he said at the time we were at a press conference and he said to me, if I ask you a question and you don't know, it's okay. You tell me you don't know, but don't guess and yep. give me the wrong answer. And it's not quite the same, but I think if that's going to be your role, then have that be your role. But know, know the most you can and be as prepared as possible for what you are doing 
because it's not going to make you sound better if you feel like, well, I can just throw this in and sound, sound like I'll sound yeah. so smart because if you really don't know, then it, then it's worse. And there's no reason for that. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm thinking back, like my first job, I obviously watch a lot of sports, but like even knowing like how to say things correctly in baseball, like I would go back and watch the highlights and I would just write what I was hearing on the broadcast okay. and I'd be like, Oh, it's a walk-off. And then I'm like, I don't know what a walk-off was, okay. you know, like it was like, I, I had to actually like sit and learn. Um, it's so, again, you know, just making sure you're not just out there, um, being a talking head. So that, it's that was not a, a good moment. I also totally like just made this worst face on air once because the director punched up the wrong camera after a bad broadcast. And that was also a very bad mishap. That's all still coming to mind. <laughs> it's all right, though. You know what? The good news about TV is it's another day. And what happened yesterday usually does not impact your next day. We are very lucky that that's a, a, a luxury of our job. Kind of have to be like a kicker. Short memory. Yep. yep exactly. Yeah. Don't let your last kick affect your next one. (laughs) And I think kind of going back to a little bit what you said, it's there's so many ways to tell stories and to cover sports and to do what we do and finding how you do it is going to make you the most successful. So yeah, I'm not Mina Kimes. Mina Kimes is amazing. She is a super Um, exactly incredible She's amazing. I mean, but she's like a, a unicorn of a human. She's she's incredible. Yes, and I have yes. clients, and that's okay. And I like the other beat writers on the beat. I'm not like them either. I mean, obviously, I know a ton about football. Like, I know every the ins and outs of the San Francisco Foreigners. There's nothing going on there. It's funny sometimes people be like, "You know so much." I'm like, if I don't know so much about them, then I am doing something very wrong. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so I and but the way that I cover the team, yes, there's news and analysis is, is what it is, but. I cover the team in a little bit of a different way. And that's what makes my content unique. And that's what makes me Absolutely. unique. And that's why people like following me and reading my stuff and watching my stuff. And that's cool to find your thing that's going to make you unique. There are certain things we all have to do, of course, but there are certain ways to tell stories that you can find uniquely your own. And that is what will separate you. Yeah. And I, you know, on that point, I watch other women in sports all the time. I'm like, oh man, I love when, you know, Lisa Salters does this or Laura Rutledge does that. Or, you know, you could, I could go on with all the names. Um, And I always think like, I want to be like that. But then again, to your point, like I am me and there's no other me and I can't be anyone else. So I try to take, you know, if I, I do like the way, you know, Lisa told a story, let's say, like, I'll try to incorporate that into a way I tell a story. Mm-hmm. And I kind of use it try to, as more part. like a tool. Like I'm adding that tool to my belt of something I saw and like transitioning it to be me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. I really yeah. do. It's really important. And we can be inspired by and you know, we, we, I was talking with a colleague a couple weeks ago, there are two Michigan guy, two Michigan rookies on the 49ers. And when they were drafted, I was very set of a huge Michigan fan. Everybody knows that. Um, very, in fact, as a, as he was joking, but in the press conference after they drafted Ronnie Bell, I said to Kyle Shanahan, what did you like about Ronnie Bell? And he said that he went to Michigan and Boo. I, was, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I was like, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I need. He's like, I have more. And I was like, okay, fine. Yeah. But, but, but like, it's part of my, you know, everybody knows that the brand is strong and all of that, but like, it's, I'm professional, but like I'm unapologetically me and I'm real excited that Ronnie Bell and Jake Moody are on the 49ers because I get to cover them every day. 
And everyone kind of has accepted that because I do it in a way that's obviously like totally professional and fun, but it is, it's part of my brand and not maybe someone else couldn't do that, but that goes yeah. back to like being able to be authentically me and do it in a way that works for me and kind of, and provides good content and is still professional. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we have a little more time before we go to the day in the life, which is like my favorite part of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, first, I want to see just how you've seen opportunities grow and change for women in sports and how you think we can still improve. Yeah, I definitely think there's still more avenues. Um, you know, talking about finding your niche, there's not a lot of female analysts out there. There's We could definitely still use more, you know, female play-by-plays out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely think, you know, getting some ladies in those roles. I know there's a few already. Um, but even more would be even better. Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel like that's just really a thing of like, there's just more opportunity. It seems, um, you know, thinking just even back a couple years ago, we saw so many more men in these roles and like hosting, you know, on Sundays, the pregame shows, like there's a woman on the desk. Could there be more? Certainly. But even a couple of years ago, it was just all guys. Um, so I am very thankful that there are people out there who are filling these roles and looking for women looking for, you know, women of color even too. Um, so there's definitely still, I think, you know, we can do better, all of us. Um, but, you know, I think we're definitely seeing more. And I mean, I'm sure you get this too. I get comments like, oh, wow, there's so many more women, you know, at so-and-so place. Or I've seen so many more women on the sideline. I've seen so many more women in studio. And I love to hear that. So I really hope that the young ladies that are coming up, um, even the the guys to be able to support the women that do that. Like I had, um, an analyst, Aaron Taylor with CBS, who I absolutely love. And he was so good of helping me learn football. Like we would walk around pregame and I would ask every little question. Um, I would learn, you know, he tried to cheat, literally teach me like the X's and O's from an O linesman perspective. And then we would, you know, have a conversation and then he'd say, Hey, let's bring this up in the game and like make a point to try to help me, a get in the game um as for a hit and b like have a really knowledgeable football hit not just like hey guys i'm seeing um like the one example that's coming to mind a player had a club on his left hand and the defensive coach told me he's going to line up defensive i think it was defensive right so always on the right side of the quarterback so he could not have to get you know use the club that he could still bat the ball down so i then was talking to aaron about it and he's like, this is awesome. Like, let's do this. You can team me up then. Like, how hard is it as an offensive lineman to go up against a guy with a club? And I felt like it was such a win. Like, I'm giddy talking about it because it wasn't just, you know, I'm see- like anyone can just see on the sideline, right? It's like I literally was taught to be a better reporter and sound like a smarter football reporter with the help of, you know, someone who actually really had played the position. So I think we need a lot of folks, you know, keep lifting each other up and and wanting to help everyone get better. But if there is a niche that you can, you know, it's a baseball player, a hockey guy that can help you learn to sound smarter, um, to really just add more context. I think that is also something that, you know, we all can help each other out with. And, and I think don't be afraid to ask for help to. Yeah to say, you know what, this is something I'd like to know more about because people do want to teach you and people do want to help and, and are happy to do so. So, you know, don't be afraid to ask for the things that, that might get you even farther. Yeah. So, all right, we're coming to, it's one of my favorite parts, day in the life of Sherry Burris. And I always tell people, you can pick whatever day you want. It could be a game day. It could be an in-studio day. It could be 
just the day where you're getting prepped for the week, whatever you think is kind of just the most beneficial for our listeners. Yeah. So I'll, um, I mean, we'll do like a prep day. Okay. Um, or, well, cause I actually have never covered an NFL game for NFL network yet. So I can't oh, take you there. Yeah. I am not going to guess. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Do it. Let's prep day. Let's <laughs> do a prep day. So I have the HBCU classic coming up, um, for Labor Day weekend, but then I also have Ravens, uh, week one against the Texans. So I'm kind of digging into both at the same time. Um, so in the morning, wake up at 7am. I take my two-year-old to uh, school, Mm -hmm. um, a couple hours after we wake up. And then it's amazing what you can do with a couple hours alone without a toddler. I can actually finish a hot cup of coffee, um, and eat breakfast. So that is fantastic. So Mm -hmm. I try to, you know, read articles as I'm eating breakfast, um, Google searches. I search just specific players, like their names, um, you know, like Zay Flowers, you know, as a rookie, you want to know as much about him as I can. So Googling his name specifically, not just Ravens, okay. um, but also checking their social media. You can usually find out a lot about a lot of these guys from their Instagrams, X or Twitter, whatever it is called. Um, I'm not on TikTok, I will admit. Um, but, you know, just trying to like get to know these dudes outside of football too, to kind of bring that human angle Um, and then I type up my game notes. I sort of just throw up everything on the page between stats, storylines, questions that I have that kind of come up. Um, and then once we, so let's the other day we had our HBCU call, right? So I threw up all of my notes. I put just my questions on a separate document. I transcribe everything as we're going through the press conference, uh, zoom with the coaches, even if it's not my question. Um, and then follow up with whatever I have after the analysts go. And then I bring up a third document um, and I transcribe it again, exactly how I would say it on air. Um, This has worked for me. I mean, you could ask probably any other sideline reporter. We all do it a hundred different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, But I always try to write my open first and keep it as conversation. Like literally how we're having a discussion is how I would try to write it. Mm -hmm. So this way in the heat of the moment of the game, I'm not overthinking. I don't have to do too much. I've already put in all the brain work. Um, and then this way I can tailor it to make it more relevant. Or if it's, you know, a storyline about a guy who's a leader, I can, you know, go back and, you know, say, Hey guys, I'm seeing this player do this. And this goes back to our call where the coach told us, and then I can kind of read it. Mm -hmm. Um, so this way I'm not getting anything sort of jumbled in my mind. Um, yeah. So then I, I mean, I pick up my daughter, we have lunch. And then I just try to be as present with her as I can. Obviously, you know, there's calls and meetings and I travel a lot. But, um, you know, when I'm working and she's not here, I try to be 100% on work. And then when she's home, I try to be 100% present with her. So it's, you know, I'm not selling her short and I'm not selling my job short. It's a very fine balance. (laughs) It is. It is a very fine balance, but it sounds like you're doing it well. And I'm sure some days are tougher than others, but that, you know, that does make sense when you're there, you want to be present and you're giving both things your full attention when you can. And that's really all we can do. Yeah. It's funny. I'm like, okay, mommy's got to go to work. She says football. And I'm like, yep. Oh, that's so (laughs) cute. And Rachel's like pointing to the TV and I'm like, yeah, that's not mommy, but you know, (laughs) but it's what mommy does. (laughs) That's really cute. That's cute. That, But it's cute that she like associates it, you know, and she that's yes. 
Oh, I love that. Well, that is a very full, full day in the life. We're going to have to do a follow-up with you after your first yes. uh, game and see what it is like, because that's going to be fun. I'm excited for you. It's coming up very, very soon. Well, when the time this airs, it's coming up within a couple of days. days so yes, It'll be really exciting. Okay. So before I let you go, and, and first of all, I want to say like, this has been so much fun and such an awesome conversation. And I knew you would be such a good guest and you'd be so open and just the way you share everything has been incredible. So thank you very oh, much. I appreciate that. But before I go or before we go, I have to do five fun facts. So this is something that you probably know this because of Instagram and Twitter, but it's something I do with the 49ers players and it's them sharing five things about themselves that you may not otherwise know. But on this podcast, we've been asking since we launched in September of 2019, we have every week asked the same five questions of all of our guests. And amazingly so, we get five different answers pretty much every Mm. time. So that's been fun. So if you are ready, we will do five. Yes. All right. Five fun facts with Sherry Burris. Sherry, what is your favorite moment in sports? Ooh, I really struggled over this one. Um, One of my favorite moments in sports, um, I got to see Serena play last year at the U.S. Open in the first round um, with my husband and my daughter. So being able to see her win that match with our own two eyes, I guess all six of us, um, considering that she is truly just the goat. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's definitely one of my peaks. I, can I, I throw in like a, a B, of a one B? Of course you can. Allowed. It's your podcast. Um, you do whatever you want. Okay. Well, it's your podcast. I want to make sure I know the rules. <laughs> um, so being here in DC um, the first time locally, got to cover the Caps and the Nationals uh, winning the championship. So Stanley Cup, World Series, and got to be on the parade routes with them. Um, That was also very spectacular. You know, I know I didn't put in anywhere near the sweat, blood, and tears that those players did. But as you know, as a reporter that covers these guys, you're putting in a lot of work also. So I also felt like, hey, you know, I I did this. We worked Mm -hmm. so hard for this. And it was an excellent party to be able to uh, witness that and be a part of that. Oh, that's super cool. I love that. I'm glad I'm glad you added that in as a B. That was a solid. Okay, good. <laughs> I love that. Uh, what is your life motto? I love the quote from Henry David Thoreau. That is, happiness is like a butterfly. If it you chase it, it will elude you. But if you focus your attentions on other things, it will come sit softly on your shoulder. It's a little lengthy, but I feel like, like it's it. important. You know, not to always just chase happiness that you need to like let it come to you yeah i like that that's a really good one what is your go-to workout Ooh, good question um when that happens (laughs) (laughs) Um, i use like an app on my phone on the road most of the time but i absolutely love like hot bar um that's like, I just love the heat. I love how your muscles feel like I'm sore for a week. They say when you do like the bar workouts, um, that you're like burning calories, like 45 minutes after class, which I am all for. You know, what? I'm a huge bar method person and I do it in my home yeah. pretty because I travel so much all the time and also applies, but bar method is like my number one. And one of the things I love is that I can do it anywhere. And it's yep. intense, and I would believe that you are burning for a solid five, 45 yeah. minutes. <laughs> I would definitely believe that. What is your go-to coffee order? 
I'm just a traditionalist. I'll just do like a blonde light roast of some sort with some half and half. I try to cut out the sugar, no, no creams or syrups or anything like that. So I'm just like a basic one cup of coffee gal, which I know is so like vanilla. Um, but I try not to overdo it unless it's like a game day. And then I'll have like another cup at like three or four to get me through the night game. Yeah, that's, that's totally fair. And what is a book every woman should read? I really enjoyed Becoming um, by Michelle Obama. And I apologize if that's a little political. Um, but I just feel like hearing her journey that there was so much to apply to. I, I don't say everyone's lives, but there was a lot that I felt like could really, you know, we all are becoming ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, how our journeys from childhood and college and um, you know, our professional lives kind of help tailor us mm -hmm. to who we are. And you know, she talks about her marriage with Barack and, you know, having kids. And I feel like, you know, as a married woman with a child, that was also relatable. So there were things that, you know, from that book of, you know, her becoming who she is that, you know, we all can kind of take a little something on who, you know, as we become ourselves and come into our own. I agree. And it's, it's a great book. I actually, I listened to it. So listening it to her, yeah, it was really cool as well. Sherry, thank you so much for joining me today. Please tell everyone where they can find you. Yes. Yeah, so on X, um, I guess we're calling it, you can find me at Sherry Burris. Let me make sure I have this right. Uh, yeah. Sherry Burris, no underscore. Then on Instagram, it is Sherry underscore Burris. And if there's a lot of double letters, you're spelling it correctly. Two R's, two E's, two R's, two S's. That's true. You do have a lot of double letters. It's a good, yeah. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Yes. And if you guys like what you heard, and I know that you did, please give us a five-star rating and leave us a super positive review. We are brought to you by Bet Online. You can find me on Twitter or X at TracyFGSN. Follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. And with that, I'll talk to everybody next time. Bye, all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.